All right, guys, we're back with another episode of Easily Annoyed. We got Desi and Connor in the house. Connor for his third time. That's the most of any guests so far. So that's pretty cool. And uh, Desi, we, <laughs> we wanted to start by talking to you about this, how has kicking coaching been going with quarantine? Like, how, how has that affected it? Um, it has pretty much totally shut it down for um, a few weeks there. Um, I'd say usually – um, you know, started in March here in the DMV area, you know, I'm training probably 50 different kids every weekend. Um, and mid March, once all the, you know, mandates and stuff came out, shutting down all the parks, all the fields, pretty much nothing at all. So we did some virtual stuff. Um, and then it's just started back. I would say the month of June where the restrictions of lightning, I can train 10 kids at a time. Um, but it's totally changed the, the consistency of how often I can train kids and uh-huh. then the size of the groups that the, the large, the number of the groups that I can have as well, as far as like camps go as well. Gotcha. So uh, Desi, I know um, you have your own uh, program, virtual kicking, right? Um, can you uh, tell us a little bit about that? Uh, listen, br- virtual kicking is like my little baby, right? Like I wrap <laughs> it in swaddling clothing, you know, I lay it in a manger. Um, like literally I, I, Creative virtual kicking, the, the premise of it came from I wanted to get time back with my family. So right now, as a any sort of private training coach, like you have to be in person. It's a lot of one-on-one. So there's a lot of long hours on weekends. And so I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old um, and a wife that I really enjoy being around that mm-hmm. I want to be with them more. So I literally just dropped into my head of how can I still do what I love to do, uh, affect and assist kids in reaching their goals and the potential they want without actually physically being on the field every weekend. And so I pretty much was scrolling through um, Instagram. I saw, you know, all these, you know, meatheads that had all these 12 week programs that had their videos and their plans and everything step by step. And I was like, dude, why can't I do that for kicking? And so through the process of creating it, um, I've surrounded myself with a few different like, entrepreneurs that are you know all millionaires that have sold multiple companies that have kind of guided me through the process uh-huh. and literally i would say every week or month some a new branch sprouts out um of it and it just continues to grow and widen um and it, it's really something i think is going to change the game in the in the industry oh yeah connor do you want to say anything about it yeah, I so I was the first one to start virtual kicking back in when the quarantine started. I was using Desi's gym in his garage, okay, uh, to do virtual kicking, and it added like my furthest field goal extended by like what from like sixty-seven yards to seventy-three. My furthest kickoff extended like from eighty to eighty-seven ever. This is like my first ever, and then. Like, I've been hitting, like, way better, more consistent, like, kickoffs and field goals and punts. Mm -hmm. So, it's – I think every specialist should be on it if they want to do – if they want to play in college, like, especially from high school or just get better at the college level that they're at right now. And I think – I just think it's, like, essential. Like, everyone should be on it. And would you say – so, we were working out the other day together, Connor, and you were doing some explosive work. Does Desi help you with that kind of stuff too? Oh yeah. So like there's, so it's not just like kicking. There's like, there's four lifting days a week. So there's what two upper bodies, 
one lower body that's like explosive and lifting and then another lower body lift and then there's also uh explosive like a uh, workout on mondays i do yeah from desi it's like all these jumps and it's so hard i i always like get so close to throwing up <laughs> the jump run baby it's called the jump run yeah the jump run series so when and yeah, how it's... did you two uh get introduced to each other uh the first time i like met desi remember desi i did that one jmu camp like uh i think it was my junior year it was like a month after i started kicking i don't know if we really met very well then but um someone's dad told my dad about you so then i went to your started going to your small group at st john's yeah i I do remember like, – I'm so glad – Summer before senior year or something. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked Connor because I don't remember the first time we met. But I do remember the first couple small group sessions I had um, in D.C. whenever Carter was um, – um, Connor was hitting it. And I had it in my head, and I told a few other people because <clears throat> they were like, hey, who's your top guys that like, you have coming out? Like multiple coaches would ask me, and I was like, honestly – like there was, I think you came out with like Camden Price, who's at, he's yeah. starting kicker at Miami. Um, I know Brian Johnson, who's at Virginia Tech, who came right before you. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There, there's uh, Raphael Cheka, he's at Penn State. Um, Clay Harris was at UConn, but that whole class was probably my most talented class. Um, I think that I've had in this area. And I told multiple coaches, I think this kid's going to be better than any of them. He's just very raw. (laughs) So I've always always thought that Connor, um, kick for kick, as far as consistency goes, the way he strikes the ball, a lot of coaches are going to like. The problem was, and if it's a problem at all, is that you started so late that my ability to get you to, like, Division I level – the window was closing quick. So I yeah. always thought like, dude, there's no way you stay at this division three school. You're going, you are way too talent, talented um, as well. Just in my mind, I just saw the potential you had um, in striking a ball. But I mean, I think since then you've just, you've stuck with the program. You've stayed committed. I mean, that's the biggest thing is, you know, anything you're going to be successful at, you got to be committed to um, day in, day out. Well, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little surprised that uh, Connor doesn't remember the first time you guys meet because I feel like every time I see Connor, he's talking about Desi this, Desi that, Desi so handsome. He loves you, Desi. It's crazy. Uh, hey, my my beard game is on point, dude. <laughs> I got a couple grays on the corners, a little bit of George Clooney action, dude. <laughs> That's high praise. All right. Um, um, would you say one of the most important things to you is getting your players to D1 or like? What would you say is your main goal with your players? That's a great question, dude. And it, I think it all depends on the player uh, of what my goal for them is. Because ultimately, um, the way it usually works is, you know, I train, you know, over a couple hundred kids every year. And of those kids, there's a, a good amount, I'd say like 20 to 30, that want to play like big time college football. And then of those – you know, there's probably a handful that actually have the potential to do it. So, I one, I always try to be um, the realist in their ear is is really being the truth teller of getting an honest evaluation of like, hey, if you go down this road of trying to play college football, this is probably where you're going to end up. Um, and so okay. I always try to be 
my one goal is just to be very direct and honest with them of their ability. And then two, once they set them goals for themselves, I'll put the plan in place for them to reach them. And then ultimately it's up to them to follow the plan, um, which, you know, some people have followed the plan and, you know, you, you watch them on um, Saturday nights under the lights. Okay. And so as a coach, like obviously Evan and I are fans, but we wouldn't be able to see the same things as you. So like, for instance, Connor, what, what did you see when you first saw him that like made you think he could be as good as he is and get to D1? What, what did I think when I saw Connor for the first time? Yeah, what caught your eye about Connor? So I think one is the, the physical attributes, so the, the physicality, the, the size he is, how long his legs are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, a pretty obvious one. <laughs> yeah, right? So um, I think boy. you can't really teach that thickness and the size. Um, so ultimately, he's going to have a higher potential to hit a higher, longer ball right. you know, is because of his frame. Um, and then two, I really, I really thought he had a natural ability to keep his follow through straight down the line. So just like on golf, um, or maybe a jump shot in basketball, that extension, that follow through, um, which is very difficult for someone to do, he naturally was able to do it on his own in his own unique way. So his technique doesn't look like everyone else's. Um, but there's some, there's some, small I think pillars of success that are consistent that I saw early that I felt like he's raw but that one thing is so solid that's going to carry him to another level okay um so you know Connor obviously started um as a soccer player originally um and I know that there's a total different technique from you know hitting a soccer ball versus hitting a football do you think you know Connor's um experience in soccer has helped him um, or maybe even hurt him uh, as far as kicking. No, it only it only really helps. Um, it uh, soccer only helps um, transition to football. I've seen very few um, specialists that have transitioned to actually kicking a football be successful with never actually playing soccer previously. Gotcha. Now there's some out there which is which is great, but I'd say the majority of the time, like soccer, literally trains you um, to kick a ball. Right. Right. And then then the second part is it it's eye discipline. So, you know, as you get up in your ability of a soccer, you're going to strike a ball different ways at different spots um, to get the ball to go certain places. So that ability to see a spot and hit it on a ball is still really valuable. One of the fundamental pieces of field goal kicking um, that kind of translates over and just I mean, just that sort of natural ability to drive a ball you know i think field goal kicking is a lot like like a goal kick Um, really just a driving ball and then a kickoff is more like a soccer shot so i think it seems to me a lot of my soccer players that transition are usually forwards um you know strikers um at least that's what i was that's what a lot of the kids were um which transitions well because they want to rip the ball right they want the ball and they want the glory they want the attention gotcha So uh, I have a cousin who is a senior in high school now. His name is Riley Callahan, and he is also a kicker. Do you have any advice for this rising, these rising seniors on how to get recruited? Because I've, obviously COVID isn't helping them. Yeah, it's not. Um, and I think the biggest thing, and, and we do it at, on virtual kicking, and pretty much 
is it's a, a lot has to do with relationships. So a lot of a lot of Division One, I, you know, even any college coach relies on my evaluation of them to tell them whether they should recruit them or not. Um, so I think it's one being um, connected with someone you trust that has your best interest at heart that is actually connected with college coaches. Um, the number one thing that is going to help him or anyone in his situation to get recruited right now is a running video. And so I would say, you know, go out to the field, you know, I would say six to eight kicks, you know, field goal wise, you know, go from each hash and have a running video and just put it in an app and just have the fast forward in between each kick. But if you can show a college coach how consistent your ball is at different spots uh-huh. in a running video, that's going to show them the consistency. Cause really that's ultimately um, the guys who have a profile on virtual kicking that I help get recruited. Yeah. That's one of the requirements you can't upload into your profile, like one kick or two kicks um, or, you know, a few different kicks from a, you know, a showcase camp. It has to be a running video because ultimately I'm able then to see the consistency of the technique and the flight of the ball um, and ultimately make my, you know, evaluation on, on how talent I think those specialists are. Yeah, that makes sense. Would you, would you recommend more of an app like Huddle or YouTube, which I guess is a little more old school for football recruiting, but. Well, in, in what sense do you think? Um, getting noticed, I guess, like which, which would create more exposure for a player? Oh, I, I would, I would throw them all in a basket, man. You know, I would, I would use the YouTube links. I would use the huddle links. Um, if you have them, uh, I, I think in general, if you can do the YouTube link or like the huddle film on the YouTube link, mm. there's less commercials, there's okay. less advertisement. So I know college coaches get so annoyed uh, of seeing the advertisements um, so much there. But I, I think I would say the YouTube click is is probably the the best of any. Um, but I, I would put you know it on everywhere. And so Connor was t- Connor was actually telling me because I asked him too about my cousin, and he was saying that same thing about the running film, which you obviously probably taught him. Now um, Connor also said he should like at any coaches um, from colleges that he's interested in. Is that a good idea? And should he like at people like you who are like big deals in the kicking community? Yeah, I mean he he should make a list, and I usually tell most of my guys this, and this helps me evaluate like where their expectations are, and then it just give me a better idea. So the, he should make a list of the top twenty schools he he would want to go and play at. Okay. So when I say go and play at, he actually would go and play. Um, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, if Alabama should be at the top of his list, I've never seen him play. But if he's not, you know, consistently hitting his kickoffs through the uprights, if he's not consistently, you know, hitting the ball down the middle from 55 over and over off the ground, um, you know, and Alabama's not there. But that's where I kind of come into play and help him guide, hey, you're at this level. These are the types of schools you could look at. And then obviously interest-wise, he should be looking at, where he would be willing to walk on because the majority of the kids um, who are going to go play at the next level are going to have to walk on for the first year. There's a few who definitely get full scholarships, um, which is definitely possible, but the majority are going to have to walk on at least for a year. Um, So depending on the situation of the teams, is it in-state? Is it out-of-state? Is it a private school? What's the tuition factor? Um, There's a lot of different kind of details that go into each and every one of them, and that's kind of why – I think, and I think Connor 
can vouch for this too, is just the ability for me to kind of be that middleman to assist players and families with the entire recruiting process. Cause it is so confusing. It's so hectic. It's so stressful for parents um, that I can, you know, sit there and say, Hey, I've been doing this for the last 10 years. The, this is probably what's going to happen. Um, you need to do X, Y, and Z and, and be patient. Uh, and really that that's what it comes down to. But I would start with the list. And then if you get good, good running film, tag all the coaches, um, you know, just because they're not responding back or anything like that, just continue to post, just continue to post that good quality content and have it all to be a minute or less because coaches ain't going to watch much more than that. Okay. Um, does he also wanted to, you know, I think probably something we should, you know, gone through at the beginning, but talk about your background a little bit, like when you started kicking, um, up to going, you know, to UConn and then maybe through some of the mini camps you attended. Um, so you want to, you know, start from the beginning, like when you started playing football. And sure. I, um, back in, when I was a uh, sophomore in high school, I was a, a huge soccer player. Um, you know, I was one of the best in the state, um, went over and worked out in Europe a little bit. Um, was on the ODP team for my state and, you know, worked through the region. And I was actually set up to go play, have the possibility to play Division One soccer um, potentially as well. But sophomore year, I transferred from a 100-person Christian private school to a, you know, I don't know, 2,000-member public high school. And so soccer was not cool at that high school. Um, but football was, and I didn't know anybody. So I literally, um, you know, went out for the football team, um, only just to try to kick. Cause one, my dad would never let me play football growing up because he was, um, he came over from Ireland and he was 17. So football was cause you were soft. You had to wear pads where he played <laughs> rugby and Gaelic and all these other, all these other, you know, definitely tough grown man sports. Um, he would never let any of his boys play um, play football. So I actually talked him in to let me go out for kicker, um, you know, hit a couple extra points as a sophomore. And then um, junior year was pretty good. Um, but it was actually what really pushed me to say, all right, I'm going to stop pursuing soccer. I'm going to pursue football was I love snowboarding. And I did try to do a, a flip on a snowboard um, and broke my carbon two places, was out for, you know, 12 weeks and missed my entire spring club soccer season. So just like AAU and basketball, there's a club soccer right, that is right. super valuable where, you know, I was going to, you know, we were going to go to Texas and Florida and Tennessee and all these showcase camps um, to get recruited. And I lost the total desire to play, you know, football. And it's really part of my testimony of, you know, how I think God strategically, you know, takes – you know, terrible things and uses it for his good, where I ended up saying, you know what, I'm going to try this football thing. I went to one kicking camp, loved it, um, and was all in. And literally, um, you know, I think one thing that teammates will tell you about me is my work ethic is second to none on the team. Um, and that's really kind of what I pride myself on. And so I ended up doing really good um, my senior year, sent out film to about back when we had DVDs, sent out 50 DVDs. Um, UConn saw it, said, hey, we love what we see. A few other teams saw it as well, said, we love what we see. Um, we want to see you in person. So I went to a, a showcase camp um, in Vegas where there was probably 500 kids there. 
mm-hmm. um, and finished second out of 500 kids. Um, and so, and it was a super windy day. And as I was walking off the field, you can't do this anymore because the NCAA rules, but college coaches were there to watch. As I was walking off the field, I had like five or six full scholarship offers wow. from different wow. schools around the country. Is that, is that, that sorry to cut you off. Is the, is the one in Vegas that corn blue kicking or what? That, no, Chris Taylor. Okay. Chris Taylor does the, um, does the, uh, does the one in, um, in Vegas. And so, okay. and he, that was technically back in the day, he was the only, he had the only kicking camp around. Now okay. there's, you know, there's, there's, you know, a hundred different kicking companies now, um, take your pick. But, um, so from there, the, the Yukon coach, you know, said, Hey, I want you to come up on an official visit, went up on an official visit. Um, they offered me a scholarship, a full scholarship on the spot, you know, committed, went to Yukon, um, played there for four years, um, ended up being the all-time punter in, in Yukon history was a, was a, um, uh, Ray guy semifinalist, which is like the top 10 in the country. And then um, was a captain my senior year, um, which is voted on by um, players and coaches. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure from what assistant coach told me, my head coach actually um, was unsure if he wanted me to be a captain or not, but everyone else vouched for me. <laughs> and so I got to be a captain, um, which that was kind of my biggest um, thing. I, I was really, I'm really proud of myself that and just proud of the team um that we yeah, kind of um led that year and then from there um you know never really thought nfl was a uh was a possibility and then you know once i got the you know the ray guy semifinals and whatnot um just had a an incredible day for pro day and just punted out of my mind um you know just just did an incredible job and ended up working out for the New England Patriots, the Niners, um, the Bengals, um, the Eagles, um, Steelers. You know, it's probably, you know, 10 different. After that workout, you know, I really got put on a lot of people's radar. Um, I went to, a, a, you know, a few different um, workouts. Went to the mini camps with the Chicago Bears. Finished at the top of the depth chart for them. Um, but back in the day, they had a guy named uh, Brian Maynard, who was a 15-year <laughs> veteran. Yep. You know, and the special teams coordinator pulled me in office and said, listen, you're you're just as good as our starter we have now. Mm-hmm. But our starter has 15 years of experience. You have none. Um, and so we're going to – and so – which is totally reasonable. So after that, you know, I had a, a few smaller workouts. The um, – you know, the best one was probably the Steelers. That's probably what stings the most. That's also what gives me the best – closure of walking away from football altogether as an athlete was um they brought me up for a workout i punted really good i kicked off really good and then um tomlinson came out from his office um as i was walking off the field i was like can you kick field goals and i haven't kicked field goals in you know two or three years and then he uh and of course i'm gonna tell him yes you never tell a head coach no when you're trying to find a spot and you know, I, I kick field goals out of my mind, you know, so, you know, obviously Pittsburgh's terrible wind at their practice facilities outside, you know, I go 10 for 10 and, you know, finish with one from 57, you know, through the top of the uprights. And so here I think I'm going to get signed, you know, I got a contract, I'm good to go. I'm not going to be a teacher anymore. And uh, he just, you know, says, I appreciate your time and we'll stay in touch and, you know, walked away and pretty much for anybody that, you know, has been in that situation. They know we'll stay in touch means, you know, 
Yeah. In touch. So from there, that was probably my best workout. That was the very best I could have ever done potentially. And it wasn't good enough. Um, so from there I, I walked away from, from football and really, really started getting into coaching, um, a year or two after that, um, gotcha. now I run, um, my own company, obviously virtual kicking. And then also, um, just, I had my own small groups and camps in the DMV area as, as well that I, that I train, you know, probably a hundred different kids, um, each year. So you said you were semifinalist for the Ray Guy Award in 2009, I believe, correct? Yes. Um, do you remember who won that year? Kid from Florida. It was, his name was Drew Butler, I think. No, that was – oh, yes, it was Drew Butler. You're right, from Georgia. Yep. <laughs> do, you, yep. do you remember Do you remember some of the other names? I, I think – I believe Johnny Hecker was one of the other semifinalists, right? I believe. That, I think – I think you're right. Well, they're just like crazy names. Like Johnny Hecker is one of the best punters in the NFL now. Like that's, that's accurate. That's very, that's like very cool. Do you, were there any like very uh, like memorable people that you met um, that we might know of um, at the workouts? Um, at the workouts, you know, anyone that you might've been starstruck by. So honestly, like the, the big names aren't necessarily around during the uh during the workouts to be honest with you so like right. the mid- only the rookies um and, and whatnot i don't remember any you know big time guys big time names being in it, except for tomlinson whenever you know the head coach of the pittsburgh steelers comes and asks me to kick like i was all in um but you know i've went to a few camps with drew butler uh, we kicked head to head uh before before uh the nfl draft and whatnot as well so I actually was in a few different camps with them, um, that sort of group of, of Ray Guy finalists. Um, man, dude, I didn't know Hecker was in there, man. He is yeah. so – he's unreal. Now, yeah. who would you say is Connor's Drew Butler if you had a, <laughs> if you had to pick one? Oh, who's better than Connor? <laughs> no, no, just like who, who does he oh. always go up against and is actually as good as him at your camps? Oh, at my camp? Um you know, Connor reminds the way Connor. I, I don't know that I can put one guy um, because it's just since since he's in in college now, it just people kind of come and go. Um, but the people that he would go head to head against was Brian Johnson, who's a senior at Virginia Tech, um, who I think is going to have a great shot at the NFL. Um, Camden Price, who's a starting kicker at Miami. Um, you know, I think those two. I, well, obviously, Raffy, that's that's at Penn State, um, as well. Um, Justin Dunkel, who's who's at Virginia. I don't know. There's there's such a good group of them that are all kind of the the same level. The difference between like Connor and Camden Price and Justin Dunkel and Brian Johnson, all of them, they're all super talented. They're all at the same level. They're all in the same group. It's just who's going to make the kicks in the games. That's what it comes down to. Who's mentally tough enough? Who's mentally focused enough that when the time comes to hit the ball the way you need to hit it, you actually hit it. And that really, there's just a few centimeters that separate really great kickers that you'll remember for a long time and nobody. Uh-huh. So I have one more question before we go to Evans 11. I was, I'm just wondering, 
who like have you sent anyone to the NFL or like who who are the people that you're most proud of that you've coached in the past or right now? I haven't sent anybody like I wouldn't take credit for sending anyone to the NFL yet because um, I think I'm still a little young in the um, in the the profession of coaching it. Uh-huh. I would say my most proud is um, one would be Ryan Forrester, who was a backup quarterback at Gonzaga, a private high school in D.C. And I came to him. He was a third string quarterback. He wasn't going to play. And I said, let me teach you to punt. And uh, he ended up getting a full scholarship to Lafayette and and now holds like numerous, numerous records at Lafayette. So like mm-hmm. taking a kid like that, who's ne- never even thought punting would even be a possibility and exploding. And then, you know, I, I, I would say Brian Johnson is another huge one because he's, I've coached him since he first kicked the football. Like he was with me when he kicked his football for the first time in eighth grade. Oh, wow. And now, and now he's, you know, on a lot of different, um, holds a lot of different records at Virginia tech. I think he's definitely going to play. Um, in the NFL um, in, the, in, in the next year as well. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, I think now would be a good time to uh, jump into Evans 11 here. Um, so, um, Desi, these are going to be a lot of, like, punting questions um, for trivia, and then we got a couple just open-ended for you. Connor, you are more than welcome to uh, jump in here as well. Um, yeah, Connor. <laughs> Connor, you still there, buddy? Connor has. He's not at the phone. Connor has uh, taken a dump right now. So can, can you tell? Can you um take Connor off the? Because you said this is his third podcast. It doesn't count anymore, right? Like he has to stay on for the Evan Eleven. For oh, the he's gone. Podcast. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. All right, Desi, you ready for question one? Let's do it, baby. All right. Who has the record for the longest punt in the NFL. And if you don't know who, try to guess the number of how, yards, how far it was. I do. Hello? I think he was for the Jets. Can you guys hear me? Connor, Connor, Connor is back. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. That's so annoying. Someone called me, I guess. I listened the whole time. I never said anything. <laughs> That's funny. I tried to respond. You guys didn't hear me. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, no, we didn't hear Welcome back, dude. <laughs> Des, you want to finish that? Yeah, Steve, uh, Steve O'Neill for the Jets, 98 yards. Correct. Wow, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. All right. Um, who has the most punts in NFL history? Again, if you don't know the name, um, you can try to guess the number of punts here. Eagles. That is correct. For the Jets. For the Giants. That, right? That's correct. Do you want to guess? He has like... He has the same average I did in like high school, like forty-one yards. But he's like a phenomenal directional kicker. Yeah, I'm very impressed. Jeff Eagles with uh, seventeen hundred punts. Jeez. How many uh, did he have blocked? I don't have that number up right now. I know. I just want to twist it back on you, dude. This is Desi <laughs> for one. How many did he have blocked? Oh man, let's guess. Do you know? No, I don't know. Okay, if I had to <laughs> guess, though, is it is it I like? Guess- I- I guess like 30. I was going to say 31. That's a lot of yeah, punts. Yeah. That's still a lot of punts blocked. I don't know. Um, what player, because question three, what player this past NFL season had the most touchbacks off of kickoffs? So what kickoff guy had the most touchbacks? Was it Eddie Pinero? No. 
Tucker? Nope. It was Bradley Pinion with eight. Pinion. What am I saying? 88. Sorry. Yeah, baby. With the, uh, so he was with the Niners? I think the Buccaneers. Yeah, somewhere down Florida, right? Oh, I think it was bounced then. Oh, we're getting a call. Hold on. I have to decline that. Um, all right. Uh, question four. Um, who kicked the shortest punt in NFL history and how far was it? Oh, my God. I do not know that. Was um, it uh, was it uh, Joe Theismann? No, nah, it was what not Joe Theismann. Was that negative, negative yard punt or something? This Is was it? a oh. negative. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, was it five yards? So I, I'm thinking negative, though, like this, into the wind or something. This guy, his name was Sean Landetta. I think he punted for either the Jets or the Giants, um, and it was negative seven yards. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> basically, <laughs> uh, basically what happened was he uh, he was winding up for the punt and totally whiffed, and then the ball bounced backwards, and they scooped it up for a touchdown. Oh, that's a bad look. Um, okay, question <laughs> five. This is the last of the trivia. Um, in 1939, the Centenary Gentlemen played against the Texas uh, Tech Red Raiders. Uh, there was 13 the NCAA records um, that were set in that game, including most combined punts. How many punts were kicked in that game? What the heck? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. Thirty-one, Connor. You have a chance here. Oof. Uh, so, uh, dang, thirty-one. That's a lot of punts. I know. Uh, I'm say, I'll go at twenty-five. I don't know. You went on the wrong side of thirty-one, there, Connor. With seventy-seven. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seventy-seven wow. punts. How is that even possible? Most yeah, I've ever had in a game also, is like it was 15. also a scoreless game. They they oh, were okay. zero points. Got you. What? That's yeah. unreal. Well, Seventy-seven. How long were their quarters? That's weird. I don't know. Um, yeah, the most I've ever had in a game was like fifteen, and that's when we sucked. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder how many punters they use. There's no way one punter could hit the ball like thirty times in a game. Yeah. Desi, did anyone off your UConn team go um, to the NFL? Yeah, numerous numerous people did. Um, um, so Dan Orlovsky, which you probably watch on ESPN. Yeah. Um, uh, Darius Butler was like a second round draft pick. Donald okay, Thomas yeah. was a running back. Uh, uh, Donald Brown, or no, Donald Brown was the running back. Donald Thomas was the yeah. tackle. Okay. Will Beatty was the tackle for um, yeah, yeah. Giants for a while. Um, Anthony Sherman was my roommate. Um, okay. You got a lot of names. Yeah, he's the fullback for the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs. Um, yeah. All pro. Um, oh, wow. Um, Scott Lutris, another roommate. He was a linebacker for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Reggie McLean was a starting Corner for Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. Um, was another one of my good friends. We're, there's a ton of guys actually came went to the league um, from UConn. To believe it or not, we are a hidden gem. To be honest with you, yeah, sounds like it. All well, right, back in the day, we were good. Um, here we go. Question six. This is an open ended for you. What's the most important part of kicking and punting? Most important part of kicking a open um open ended, definitely the mental side. Yeah, um, you really got to be like addicted to it. Um, and there's a few kids that I make fun of, in like a genuinely like good way, like a complimentary way. Is they're so addicted to punting a football, mm-hmm. it's like what they want to do all day, every day. Yeah. So, um, it's really the kids that really have a love for it, not just they're obsessed with trying to get the attention. 
or notoriety on Saturdays or on social media, but they legitimately love kicking a football. Gotcha. Connor, are you one of those? <laughs> Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Connor, which do you love more, kicking a football or Desi? <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a tough decision. <laughs> All right. You taught me everything farther. I know. <laughs> All right. Um, here we go. Question seven. Uh, why does special teams get so little credit? Um, it's not, um, you know, it's not the, uh, all the glitz and the glamour, um, you know, uh, so much just depends on the kick, um, or the punt and so much work goes into a rep that, um, will get called dead on a fair catch or, or whatnot that I, I just think the, the inexperienced coaches, um, don't see the long-term value like they don't understand numbers so like any talented high school college nfl coach understands numbers and so they understand field position so like they can just play probability if a if if we give them the ball at the 10 yard line you know it's a probability of this they score a touchdown at the 20 at the 30 so it all changes so however educated the coach is on field position numbers and probabilities you know, probably the more time they're going to spend on special teams. I don't know. I, I think pretty much most colleges and then most of the elite high schools spend a ton of time on special teams, um, especially in the the private schools that are playing like national schedules because, you know, everybody's going to have dudes, but the special teams is that advantage that if executed properly um, can change the game. Because if you are – one of the statistics is – if you block a punt, you have a 70% chance of winning the game. Wow. So there's one block punt, 70% chance of winning the game. You automatically, regardless of the of the field position or anything, 70% chance. Um, so on the flip side of that, if you get a block punt, you're screwed. So <laughs> Gotcha. That's a good answer. Um, so we've at, we asked this question to Connor, I think, in the first one we had him in. And I want to ask you, what is the least important position on the football team? Um, that's actually <laughs> on the field. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a trick question. I guess it depends on what play. I don't know. Um, I, it's all right, Desi. We know it's the long snapper. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I love that you said that because that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, question. I, we knew that was the real answer. <laughs> question eight here. We like to keep it PG. Uh, Connor knows about this. Uh, we got a Mary kiss kill. Um, we don't have to do that anymore because we, we curse now. All right, Mary fuck kill. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, hang time, distance, or accuracy. You gotta explain to me these guidelines. Okay, again. I'm so confused. So, so marrying is the best. That's like when you rank the higher. Okay. okay. Kissing or fucking, whatever you want to say here, <laughs> that would be the middle. Making love okay. to. Making love to. <laughs> okay. And then killing is the lowest. So we got hang time, distance, and accuracy. How do you rank them? Marrying is definitely accuracy. Yeah. Uh, I would say distance. Would be definitely the kissing because I don't really cuss much, but go for it. And uh, <laughs> um, then the killing would be the the hang time. Okay. All right. Gotcha. 
Um, question nine, who is the best kicker or punter you've worked with or seen, played with, whatever you want? Other than Connor. Other than Connor. <laughs> Other than Connor. That's going to be tough, dude. Um, that's a great question, dude. Connor, if you want to answer that one, too. Um, okay. Well, I, I would uh, say, Connor, let me let me let me go on on my playing career, and then you go on yours. Um, okay. I, I think uh, Kevin Hubert, who's a he, who's been in the NFL for 13 years, and Pat McAfee are two guys that I played against all four years when I was at UConn. Okay. Um, that are absolute awesome dudes. The way that you you see Pat is exactly the way he was as a player <laughs> too. Awesome, awesome dude. Gotcha. So obviously I don't have the experience that Desi has playing against all those NFL dudes, but <laughs> I mean when I first started kicking, I like I really watched like Cannon Price and uh, Rafi and Brian Johnson. Those guys are like the ones I looked up to when I first started. I like watched what they did, so they're like the first ones like that I noticed the most. Gotcha. So those three guys he mentioned earlier, yeah. Gotcha. Um, Desi, for question ten, if you could change one thing about your career, what would it be? Uh, which career? Because I'm also a, a special education teacher in Southeast DC. Oh, really? So the coaching or the teaching? Let's say um, your playing career. Oh, something I could change about my playing career? Yeah. I would have definitely redshirted my freshman year. So I could have got one last year to play college football mm-hmm. um, because it was a total, like, I was a deer in the headlights, like yeah. swinging for the fences. And if I could just go back and just, purposely not be good as a freshman and sit the bench and then you know have a semifinalist ray guy year and then come back as a, a fifth year senior um oh dude i think uh i think i would nfl yeah i think mm-hmm. so man how'd you uh how'd you get into special ed because i uh i um co-ran a uh, special needs soccer program here in reston so it's super interesting to me that you got into that so I, I went to college wanting to be a history teacher. And then through the community service I did in East Hartford, I realized um, through like the tutoring programs and stuff that most kids didn't have a mom that I had. So um, I really kind of had empathy um, and trying to kind of a change of heart from not teaching history, but actually working with the kids who didn't have a mom that I had. And so, that's when I transitioned from a history teacher or history major to um, special education. And then, so, and then I just, I really enjoy um, the environment that I'm in. It's very rough. Um, it's mm-hmm. not, fair, but I think it's kind of, I think you are, God gives you certain gifts that you're born with. And then it's your job to one, figure out what they are to develop them to their potential. And then if those all go according to plan, then you will find your true purpose in life. And I absolutely love special education. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, last question here. What do you think sports will look like in the fall? I think they will be non-existent, bro. I'm so sorry. I'm no, so I, disappointed I too. I, I, I just think, I just think there, there's too many people um, that are too concerned and there's, and to me, it, it just seems like the science keeps changing or the research keeps changing or the, you know, the different things keep changing. Um, you know, that we really just don't know what it's going to look like. The, the data that we have now compared to three months from now 
it's going to be the th- three months or three months more of data is going to be so much more valuable to make those predictions mm-hmm. and stuff. But unfortunately, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any sort of contact sport that is, um, which is going to be, I really think it's going to be a depressing fall for modern America. <laughs> yeah. So depressing. Uh, I know um, for George Mason, the A10, they canceled fall sports and moved them to the spring. Um, Connor, they, as JMU, has anything happened with, uh, with JMU yet? So the CAA, the conference JMU's in, they just suspended uh, okay. like all fall sports. But the JMU, uh, they suspended like uh, for now. Like, so re- as of right now, there's not going to be a conference like competition or whatever of football. Okay. So what? But JMU, like they, our coach uh, Signetti still wants to have like a fall season because he talked about like how like so we have some players who want to go to the NFL and stuff and right. a bunch of other factors that play into it. So the draft, the NFL draft, wouldn't change dates. So he thinks that this having a spring season instead would hurt their chances. So he would rather, as long as they're still going to play like postseason in the fall, he wants to have a fall season. So what we might do is like have a bunch of local uh, games. So like any FCS schools that we can bus to or like FBS schools. Cause I know he's talked about like two or three FBS games we might have instead of just one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll have like around eight to 11 games. So three, two or three FBS and like seven or eight FCS. And I, I mean, I, it could all change. Like it, this is just what he told us today, literally, but yeah. And then he said that if they change the, the SCS postseason play to the spring, we're most likely going to play in the spring instead then. Gotcha. He wants to win a national championship, obviously. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, that concludes Evan 11. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's it. We, um, we're we going to tag you guys both on Instagram and everything, and Desi, we'll, we'll put out everything you're working on. If you want to text us anything else that, um, that you, you have you. going, and I'm going to talk to my cousin about looking at looking you up because uh it sounds like you get a lot of guys to the next level yo you guys forgot the annoyed part again oh, oh. yeah Oof. it's like <laughs> desi is there anything that's annoying you right now that you want to tell us about thank you connor <laughs> <laughs> every time <laughs> uh yes uh i'm extremely annoyed of my kids who continue to get <laughs> up at 6 a.m and want to watch cartoons. Um, <laughs> so I have to get up 6, 6 a.m. every morning as well with them. Um, yeah. yeah. That annoys me quite a bit. But Connor, anything, anything uh, new annoying? How are your alive? kids, Connor? <laughs> Don't have any. <laughs> but uh, I'm actually not very annoyed right now. I get to leave home pretty soon. Yeah, that's that's abnormal. Get to get out of the house, leave on Sunday. So, yes, you'll be missed. (laughs) Who who am I gonna work out with, Connor? I don't know. You can you can. Oh, Evans back this weekend. Oh wait, I was supposed to say that. Cut that out. Um, um, I'll just work out with EJ. (laughs) We'll get you a subscription. You can just work out with the the videos on virtual kicking, bro. Good. You can just work it. It would technically be me and Coach Smith, the strength coach that wrote the program. There you go. All right, Desi, uh, Connor, we want to thank you guys again. Yeah, for thanks for coming on, guys. On. Great guest. It was awesome. And so what we do at the end is, well, all, so I'll go, and that's Ben, and then we all say easily annoyed. All right, so you guys ready? 
Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So that's been easily, easily annoyed. Easily annoyed. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, All right. Hey, Debbie, thank you again for coming on, man. Yeah, really thank you so much. It. No doubt, dudes. I appreciate y'all's time, man. This is cool.